0: Well, as we begin our time together today, uh, I would like to just quickly um, kind of cover what we covered last week, and for you that um, maybe, you know, I, I don't normally leave that much room to write in, in overheads and stuff, and so I know it was quite a bit, so I'll I'll actually bring next week uh, um, some filled-in copies of those so that you can have them, okay? that That's probably a good thing for me to do. Um, make sure you have that. Uh, but um, last week, uh, as we prepare for our time today, uh, just to give the, the the connection to last couple weeks, uh, we we looked at um, lessons from the master as it pertains to temptation, and we saw how important um, uh, what what were the key threads and lessons that we learned uh, from looking into um, how Christ uh, handled temptation, and and. If you remember correctly from Matthew four, that um, the Lord uh, God led Christ into the wilderness for the express purpose of, of of exercising what I believe Hebrews to say, tempted in all ways like us, and so that temptation, um, when He led Him into the wilderness, allowed Him to to ex- fully exercise every kind of temptation there is, and to be able to. Um, Overcome all those and lift them, lift the weight fully to the end and never, never drop it. Um, which is what we do. We tend, we, we, we drop the weight of temptation um, so many times. And so what the question really on the table when we went through this was, what can we learn about the nature of temp, of the temptation that Christ went through? Because if according to First um, John. Uh, these fall into the three camps of the lust of the flesh, uh, the pride of life, and the lust of the eyes. Um, and First John gives it the reverse: lust of the eyes, uh, lust, of, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and boastful pride of life. If, in fact, um, temptation in its totality falls up underneath those three areas, then it would it would only make sense that that if we were to study this in depth, that our Unequivocal understanding of these three areas, and therefore our ability to guard in these three areas, uh, is really, really important as believers. Because, as we said before, if the if if we can somehow be neutralized in any one of these three areas, um, our our ability to be effective for the kingdom of God is is shot. Is that is that a fair statement? Um, it, and to the level of neutralization will be also. Uh, directly parallel to the level of effectiveness. And if you remember, um, last week I drew this chart here, which basically said our relationship with the Lord is on the left, from lowest to highest, in intimacy. And our heart, down below, is goes from a divided heart to an undivided heart. Follow me? And so our ability to... Um, when, when we have a, a divided heart, our relationship with the Lord will be at the lowest level. And so, um, every time we, we move towards an undivided heart in our life with the Lord, then our relationship with Him moves up in, our, in intimacy. So that when we start down here, it's death. And, and we move, death meaning um, really just experiential death in our life it, it, as believers in Christ at least, right? And and so um, how many of you in this room have experienced uh, uh, existential or, or that kind of death as a result of sin? I have, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Each of us have. What does that feel like? It's, just, it's the worst, isn't it? It's, it's just the worst. So uh, death is really a separation. A separation, isn't it? Separation from life, and so as we move up in our undivided heart, our our intimacy with God is going to increase. And so, what is it? So this is the key thing. What is it that causes it to go that way, as opposed to that way, in our in our walk with Him?
1: That we give into exactly,
0: them. that is it. Absolutely. Let's make no bones about it. That's what it is. So sin is the the great um, tool of the adversary to cause us to uh, not ha- not experience life and not experience the greatest level of intimacy with the Lord that we can that, that we can that we can possibly experience. Does that make sense to everybody? You see how see why this going through this is that we're talking about here is so important. Okay. And so, what we looked at here was the first um, lesson from the master was lust of the flesh. And what we saw here was he, he said for um, Jesus to uh, uh, after, the, after after he was hungry and been in the, in the in the wilderness for forty days, he said, "Why don't you tell these stones to turn to bread?" And so, tell me again what the temptation was this first one, and why why how did how did the Lord address that, and therefore. What does it mean to us? What, what was? The, explain the first temptation here. Loud, pardon me. Okay, that was what he was asked to do. But what made it a temptation?
2: I'm not giving any
0: food. Yeah, it, it would be it would be for him to go out from underneath the circumstances that God had ordained and and, and divinely put him underneath, right? And we said the the, the character trait of his response that it helps us understand this first temptation is to not move out from underneath his hand. Or remember, we, we drew an umbrella, right? An umbrella, and we were underneath the umbrella, and, 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 and this, the, the temptation of this first one was, you know, go ahead and fulfill your cravings. Go ahead and fulfill your thirstings, your, your, your desires, outside of the divinely ordained umbrella over, over this circumstance. Make sense? Okay? So, don't, So move out from underneath the divinely ordained circumstances in your life right now, and take it upon yourselves to, to go and fulfill what, 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 you, what, your, what your natural cravings are. That's, that's the point there. Make sense? Okay? First one. Okay? Second one was, was um, he said, he took him to a, to a high, uh, to, to a, the pinnacle of the temple, and he said, throw yourself down and uh, um, you know that the scriptures say in the Old Testament that if you do that, that um, you have all these angels to come to your aid, and, and they will. What, what, what was the temptation here? Okay, all about me, all about pride, yep, yep. So since you are the Son of God, take it upon yourself to, um, to, to uh, put God on trial. To test God, and and what was the response from Christ? I mean, was was that was what Satan said as far as the scripture verse an accurate an accurate uh, prophecy, an accurate accurate statement of the scriptures? It was, wasn't it? So here's here's Christ, here's here's Satan using using scripture, but doing what with it? Twisting it for the need of the moment. Have we ever done that? <laughs> do, do we ever seek? Do, do we ever try to figure out our own strategy and then go to the scriptures to try to figure out how to support it? <laughs> Many times we do, don't we? It's like, you know, I, I want to do what I want to do, you know, and and so 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 how does how does Christ combat that one? What does he say? You shall not. It's also written what? You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And so, what was he bringing to the table in this temptation? Truth. Truth that was contrary to the way in which uh, the other passage was being interpreted, right? Be able to know it. Be able to exercise it fully at the moment of time that's needed. Correct, exactly. And that's, that's the key thing here. So, 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 the point here is not out in front of him. His will, not mine. So if I'm if I'm walking along with him, <clears throat> the the picture here is <clears throat> I go out in front of him. Or as we talked about last week, is I'm driving in the car. The, the, the point here is I'm not I'm not up in the driver's seat. He's in the driver's seat. I'm in the back seat. Well, he's the one taking me where he wants me to go. Now I'm going to take him where I want to go. And so that's the picture in the in that one. Does that make sense? So so. How it manifests itself is uh, getting out in front of God versus letting him go before us and and using scripture wrongly to be able to uh, explain what I would like it to be in order for me to make feel good about my decision that's you see that happening all the time don't we in, in the world in, in the church <clears throat> okay last one here was um Left of the eyes, and this point was to take him up on a, a very high mountain, show him all the kingdoms of not only the world today, but also the king, kingdoms throughout all time in and history. And, and so in a moment in time, according to Luke, in a moment in time he showed him all these kingdoms from, from beginning to end. He said, fall down and worship me and I'll give these to you. So what was the, what's the temptation here? About
1: the 72
0: verse. <laughs> Yeah, all the others. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. So, so the temptation here was to worship him, right? In, in other words, if, if you do this, then I will give you these things. The point here is is going after another, following another, versus God and God only. And, and what was the response? He says, you know, it is written, you know, you should, love, you should worship only the Lord, right? Worship him only. And, uh, and what, what we saw from James was that, you know, resist the devil and what? He will flee from you. He will run from you. And use Scripture because, <clears throat> rightly, <clears throat> and it will it will be the truth weapon to be able to use against the adversary. Okay? Any comments or questions about that? Yeah?
1: Yeah, nothing was pointed out that uh, Christ already owns everything. Nothing really that the devil could offer. Well,
0: I, I, uh, at this point in time, uh, God has given him and he, uh, the kingdoms of this world. He says that he is the God of this world. He says the God of this world has blinded the minds of those unbelieving. So God God has actually given to him to have as his way the nations okay. and, and, and the kingdoms of this world. And <clears throat> how can we be so sure of that? It's because remember in Revelation, <clears throat> at the very end of the tribulation period... Um, in the great worship experience that's occurring just before Christ comes back again, he says, and the kingdoms of this world will become, are becoming now, the kingdoms of our Lord and and Savior Jesus Christ. And so that is something that um, has been entrusted or given to him uh, as his abode, his place, this place of habitation and residence. Okay, Okay, makes sense on this. Okay, last thing we looked at last week, two, two, other, two other things we looked at last week was the nature of temptation. And we saw here that, that this, in James chapter 1, that the lure comes in our lives, we track on it, temptation exists then, and once we make a decision to pursue it's really when sin occurs. And at that point in time, we may not actually catch that. It doesn't matter because it's not a matter of whether we went. It's not a matter whether we got it or not. It's a matter that it got us. That's the that's the fine line where sin will uh, sprout into into existence. And hundred uh, percent of the time it, it ends in death. Hundred percent of the time. Do we really understand that when we're in the middle of these things? You know, I, I think I don't think we do. I don't think we do. I think somehow. The, the, the nature of the temptation says that, that that you can be fulfilled, or you can be have, you can be pleased, or you can um, have power, or you can do these things, and that those things are more important in your life than pleasing God. And so, when that happens, we we just the, the buying into it is 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 that that's death. That'll end up death, hundred percent of the time. Just know it will, hundred percent. It's always going to be there. So that's what's going to happen. And death is what. Lack of in- lower level of intimacy, and not experiencing life, and all the ramifications that are going to come from that in our life. Yeah. Great. Okay, uh, uh,
1: I mean, Romans six point. So, but are we talking about a physical death or are we talking about the death of the? Earth? It,
0: it all depends on whether you're a believer or not. I mean, if you're not a believer, then I mean, death is death, and it's going to be physical, eternal, and spiritual. You know, over here it's. The death here is the absence of life. You know, Christ says, "What well, I came for? What reason? That you may experience life and life abundantly. Mm-hmm. Life abundantly is the trajectory going this way. It's the highest level of intimacy. I came that you may have life and life abundantly. So that I mean, I I I think when we're in the decision making process in temptation, that we do not put on trial the value equation of life, and maybe it's because we haven't really exercised it personally and experienced it in our life. It's worth everything. It's worth everything. It's worth everything. Yeah, yeah. I think when we're in the middle or the crucible of the moment in temptation, that we don't we don't choose rightly because of two things. One, we don't and haven't personally exercised life in our in our own lives this abundant life to the level that we believe it's the highest level of value equation uh, personally. And secondly, um, we don't really understand that everything counts. That every little decision of our life is really de- making a, a decision where on this scale we're going to fall. And so therefore, it is, it is a decision of worship. It's a decision of intimacy first. That's what matters most. If, 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 if our whole goal is to, is to experience life. Decision of intimacy, it whether whether somebody knows about it or not doesn't matter, because the spiritual realm knows all about it. Yeah.
1: Um, I love that's my one you know, of my favorite. They're all deathless, deathless. There's no death in eternity, abundant life. As believers, you're saying, As yeah, believers. Yeah.
0: You, it's all about the here and now, right? Yeah. And yeah.
1: When you I mean, that is the opposite of abundant, especially in this life. Yep. You know, you know, when you sin, hell is separation yep. from God for forever. One of the questions I have is on the heart. That's, this Dave and I have been kind of going, whether they're thoughts, in um, the pursuit, and I wasn't here last because I was with the girls for the mother-daughter thing, so they covered it, but that's real ambiguous. If this sometimes indicates like an outright activity, but I, isn't, it also can happen. Yeah, this could, this, this will be first in the mind. Right. right. so mm-hmm. Every, every physical, physical creation is, is a matter of a mental creation. Do, it's like you make the decision, the, the, it's the point of decision, whether it's in the mind or it's an actual All, like, It will always
0: be in the mind first. Right. is my point. Okay. Yeah.
1: So you make the decision in your mind. I just want to make sure because I, David, oh that would have been. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know. No, and, and in fact, um,
0: the, the difference here is, um, I, I think we uh, we had a discussion after class last week. I think if, let me just give you a good example would be, um, you know, a lure coming across f- for a person might be a uh, for a guy might be a good looking woman, okay? A good look. There's nothing wrong with a good looking woman, and there's nothing wrong with a guy um, thinking that a woman looks good, so. I'm looking this way, and 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 a good-looking woman walks by. Now, I can I have a choice right then, diamond, okay, to either continue looking where I was in my mind, not physically, but in my mind, and and not track on that woman yet. So that's one thing. That's one place where I make a decision. Second point of the decision is now, Let's say, um, let's say I choose to continue to track on that person. Now, in my own mind, I will either choose to let that go, which is the second one here, or in my mind, start pursuing her, thinking about her, where in ways maybe I shouldn't. So for a guy, that would be an important way to clearly understand it, when, when did it switch? It switched when it got me. And that's the catch. It catches me. And so that becomes then... Uh, uh sin if I start thinking of her in a way that I should not be thinking of her. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah I
2: mean practicalities of using the other lust in our lives, the type of you know, less of the flesh I mean I think hmm? using uh, flesh. I mean you get into the temptation shopping mall. Right. You know, and it's wrong with yeah. the nice dress, I really yeah. like this, but it's all you do with it. Absolutely I don't need it. I can't afford it. All of these things, yep. you know. I mean, to think rightly on what you're doing yep. right there, and, then, yep. and hard work to ex- really. to experience wake life. Up that morning yep. And choose right next to her bed, and it says, you know, about, why did I wake up this morning or that? And it's to glorify God, but it's like your decision yep. to yep. to long. Uh, <laughs> like, absolutely. I mean, it isn't some. I, and it's hard work
0: it, it is hard work and that's the point I want to I want to make sure we we understand as we as we are exercising these things um, because um, if left to our own devices not thinking about things we will always have responses that are natural supernatural responses only come from deciding to do something different than what comes naturally and so almost invariably if we are not exercising things in our mind, for life, we will experience death. It's not a like you're in the fork in the road and you're in the middle and you're in neutral land and you know I can choose which way it goes. To not be exercising my mind and disciplining it for godliness, for thinking rightly about everything, then hundred percent of the time because I'm not exercising it diligently, I'm not paying attention, I'm not alert, I'm not aware, I'm not thinking about these things, I will have natural responses instead. And therefore my 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 intimacy will be lower than than having the right perspective and right responses.
2: And have the ability and prayer, you know, we talked right. about that. And the word God, right. I mean, you know, I mean have.
0: In the exactly. After exactly. In
2: order to get past, you know, to when it comes to it. Yep. we're choosing God, absolutely, so with, and in your life. Exactly. You know, I'm like, well, you're doing want what you want to do, you do, do because you want to do, want to do it. <laughs> to it. So, so therefore, you have you've got a, des- a mess on you. You've mind, made decisions, you know? right? exactly.
0: So 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 don't don't miss the fact that these are these are diamonds and diamonds are decisions. Decisions create destinies. Decisions in um, Decisions in my life will be the only way I, I, I experience life. Right. Because almost invariably if I don't decide I will respond wrongly. Right. So you're starting to see how important it is to have truth exercised in my mind. That my mind is held captive. Right. Remember we looked at that. You know that that, that hold these, these things captive. You know what captivates our hearts. Okay. Do not be deceived is the point. Don't. Don't let these things like cause you to wander off in any way, shape, or form. So that's important to get. Yeah. And that's why mm-hmm. because he's trying Absol- to character realize. character traits that are um, things you don't have today, or <laughs> giving you the great opportunity to actually demonstrate what you've already been developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly.
2: You know, what's out of these sins? Yeah. You know, like sexual. Yep. you can,
0: like, yeah. you know, or... or I can't like, help myself, or... I can't help myself. Yeah, you know, I'm a victim. You
2: know, and it's just, really, we have yep. that, you know,
0: because... It's it a battle be, for the mind. And, mm-hmm. and and if you have the wrong premise when you start, you'll get the wrong result when you end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why it's important for us to understand these frames and how to look at these things. The second one here is the nature of temptation we looked at was, um, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 was... What I'm able to handle is this box, and what's within the box is myself, and and either God is sovereign and He's got a handle around what makes up the outside of this box, and therefore um, won't allow temptation in, unless um, He's ordained it for me, right? And so this little hole in the in the in the wall here a hole, or I'll call it a door, okay, that we're going to talk more about today, but a door here that uh, God, in this picture, allowed that particular temptation into my life. And so, he says, for every one that I open a door and I allow it in, every single one, one-to-one, no no leakage, Okay, I also provide a way of escape to run into, and therefore be able to combat that that temptation, 100%. And, and and you'll be able to do it by taking every thought captive, to be able to see clearly what's happening in, in our lives and in mind. Make sense? So get the frame, understand truth, don't be a victim. It, it's, it's not a it, believer. We've been given the reason to be able to escape. So avoid pride. We're not a, unique. Others have endured the same. Um, God's faithful. He's, he's sovereign. He he builds the hedge of protection around our lives, and he's the only one that can allow anything through. Um, and uh, we're always completely accountable, but he's always going to give uh, a way of escape uh, in the middle of it. Okay, any questions? Make sense? Okay, starting to see why these things like, are so important for us to get as, as we're in the middle of the, of the battle. Okay, what I want to do now is turn and look at the doors that demons use in our lives and talk a little bit about those. <clears throat> so, if you, if you would, turn with me to 1 Samuel fifteen 23. 1 Samuel fifteen
1: twenty-three.
0: First <clears throat> 1 Samuel fifteen twenty-three. 23, um, the first door that we're going to look at, and again, the purpose of looking at these doors is to know how to keep them shut. <laughs> to know how to slam them shut. And keep them shut. So the first door here is is, is the door of rebellion or self will or pride. Before you think you don't have it, um, let me talk uh, you through it first. <laughs> Everybody in this room's got it. Um, so so the context here in First Samuel 15 was Saul's disobedience, and he. Uh, um, he was told by God to take Agag and the Agagites and completely annihilate them uh, back in verse 8 and 9. So uh, uh, Saul spared him. And then Samuel comes to him and um, asks him, well, what is this? Uh, um, not he not he spared him, but he spared like all, all the good, good oxen and, and, and lambs and everything. And... Uh, uh, Verse 13, Samuel came to Saul. Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord, I have carry out the command of the Lord. So first of all, what? He uh, lied. lied. Um, and then Samuel asked him this question. It's kind of a, <laughs> I love when Nathan and, 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 and Samuel like ask these questions. You know, it's like hard, hard to get out from underneath. The, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, the answer is, you know, you have to deal with the issue, right? Uh, and he says, what's, the, what's this oxen and bleeding I hear, you know, lowing of oxen? So he made him deal with the question. He asked him a question, which caused him to have to um, deal with it. You know, at the end of the day, really that's what admonishing is, that's what exhortation is as, as believers, is to come alongside people and really ask them questions. You know, let them, let them, let, let them work through and exercise what's really going on in their lives. Um, it's so simple for us to just come out and tell people, isn't it? But I think the Holy Spirit shows up when they have to exercise it in their mind and deal with things. I think that's a really powerful tool. Um, but he verse twenty two says, has the Lord much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the Lord? Behold obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fat of ra- heed than the fat of rams His point was, look, you know, um, there's a reason why I asked you to do something. You know, don't come and now think about sacrificing something that 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 you kept around um, for the Lord when you didn't obey in the first place. I don't really care so much about sacrifices. I care about your heart and the fact that you made a fundamental decision, okay, decision to not obey what I asked you to do. um, We got we we got no intimacy here. There's no relationship because you've made a decision to go outside the boundary conditions of what I laid down as what I'd like to see happen in your life. And for the nation. And you're and you're the leader. Make sense? Verse twenty three for rebellion is as the sin of divination or witchcraft, and insubordination is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. So this is this is this is the this is the switch. I mean he is now because of this this action of not of putting himself in the driver's seat and making a decision, he has actually been gonna be removed from being king. That's how jugular this decision was in light of God's perspective of it. And it's even bigger than that, because he calls this act that Saul did what? Rebellion. What does he say rebellion is? Yeah, he says, is the sin of witchcraft, the sin of divination, the sin that is a, uh, when you go behind it. His point is, uh, it's demonic in activity. It's it's um, it is the very heart and soul of of what all of these kind of things are are built on, which is to to stand up against the word of God, to to flaunt and make decisions. Contrary to what the Word of God says, Make sense. That he, he calls rebellion the sin of witchcraft. Wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, they would kill young adults who rebellious. Not murder them, kill them, so that it would be very clear that rebellion is 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 of is of Satan, it's of is of the devil, it's of witchcraft insubordination as iniquity um, so the, the point here is that um, rebellion and sin is uh, is a decision to disobey um, it's, it's putting in our lives a foothold for the adversary to work with it's like establishing a foothold or a um, placeholder in our heart so the point here is that of this heart um, pride self will or rebellion um, is is the first kind of insertion point to a divided heart, and um, it's going to move it to, to divided very quickly. And and it, and the point here is that when we think about um, that, it's 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 it, 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 it uh, intimacy is is shot because because I know what are the right things to do and. I choose to not do them. According to James, he says, "What? It's sin, right?" He says I I made a conscientious decision to not do that. Um, James four says um, about pride uh, is that uh, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, right? And He will lift you up. He says, uh, "God hates pride." Um, Micah six eight says, "Do just." I've asked the Lord what. What to do? He says, "Do justice, love kindness, and what? Walk humbly with your God. Walk humbly with your God." So this whole point of, you know, thinking that somehow I don't have blind spots. Um, this idea of uh, just ask yourself personally in this room. Let's let's get personal for a second. You know, I mean, to n- to not have somebody in your life who who you are accountable to, and can speak truth into your life, and is there and exercising that with you is it, it, setting yourself up for this sin. It's setting yourself up for this sin because all of us have blind spots. All of us do. I have blind spots. Every one of us have blind spots. And th- they manifest themselves in a way that will bring bring pride into existence if I'm not careful and, and walking humbly and, and having that not be a milestone but a lifestyle in my life. So, if I if I don't have somebody speaking into my life and reminding me of these things and encouraging me to these ends and that kind of thing, then um, I won't be able to see those blind spots. You know, when, you know, when when kids start driving, uh, what do you tell them? <laughs> Watch out for the blind spots. blind spots. Right? Exactly. Because I can't see them. Right? They're, they're they're like right in between the mirror and and they're there. I, the I get can't shot.
2: See, but the passenger, the one person.
0: Exactly. So back to the illustration of of you know being in the car and you know I mean, we we can we can't see those all the time in our lives and so we need people coming alongside us that will help us see those areas that we need to be careful. I
2: was just in my how often we don't think about problem, yeah. thinking yep. sometimes on, yeah.
0: on that.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you know, that's why I put self-will in here. Is it's uh, you know anytime we, I mean, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna exercise this issue today. Truth is gonna be spoken to us in this room, spoken to us the, in, in the sanctuary, and we'll know what are the right things to do. And then we'll have the opportunity here to exercise that this week. And when we and we know those things, and then we choose to do something different, which is something that we want to do instead. Boom! That's this. That is this situation right here. It's no different than what Saul did. Now, as leaders, we're more responsible. But you know what? God holds each one of us accountable and responsible for that. And that's why, man, those who are in this church—not that—not that we have a corner on truth at all, but. The problem that we have in this church is that we don't live the Word of God as we should. We don't literally—I mean, we know things, the right things to do, but are we really literally exercising those things um, in our life? So I, I just encourage us to that end, because when we don't, this is it. This—we're choosing to to go it alone and 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 do it our own way. So rebellion, self-will, pride. Um, as we go through these, just ask yourself the question: Like, like, how do I, how might that be manifested in my own life? Yeah. The second one is anger, wrath, and bitterness. Um, turn with me to Ephesians four twenty-six. Ephesians four twenty-six. Ephesians four twenty-six says. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another, and be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not let, give the devil a foothold. Remember this idea of a foothold we talked about here? Um, anger is, is unresolved anger, is absolutely uh, a way that, that, that the adversary uses it in our lives absolutely and you know I, I was talking with some of you about this whole issue this this week a little bit and you know, i mean it's um it, this is a difficult thing to work through and learn the question is is do uh, do we respond biblically respond biblically do we know how to respond biblically what is responding biblically You know, this whole passage talks about really four ways to respond biblically uh, with with believers. You know, one is to be honest. Uh, Two is to keep current. Um, Keep current so that we don't let the sun go down on it. The other one, he says, speak truth to one another. Um, Sometimes it's good to be quiet and not and not say what you need to say. Sometimes doing that is the exact problem. (laughs) You need to say what you need to speak the truth to other people. Um, the third thing uh, is to attack the problem, not the person. Attack the problem, not the person. Um, so many times we'll get caught up in what what's going on as opposed to having a vested interest in keeping this relationship. here open with that person. As difficult as that may seem, that becomes the most important thing. And then the last one is to... Um, act, don't react. Act, don't react. He says um, in verse um, 31, and 32. He says, "Put these things away." And then verse 32: "Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you." What's interesting in this whole thing, and, and this is where we got to check our hearts, is um, is what, where are unresolved relationships in our life? Where are they? Because I can guarantee you. What happens with unresolved anger is it doesn't go away; it never goes away. Unresolved anger. Um, so, so many times we think, well, we can just kind of put it there, and you know, it's too hard to deal with these things. Many times they're with family, or or even this family. Um, so, we just kind of put stuff it back there, right? And what happens is, is re- when that when that relationship gets exercised again, um, we may be just talking about some, some silly little thing, but all of a sudden, it just explodes. It just just comes unglued. And and you go, what in the world happened? I, I thought we were just talking about this. And that ha- is like, see, what, what unresolved anger does is it plants landmines in our life. And these landmines are built around roots or weeds of bitterness and they're and they're out there and they grow underneath the ground and you can't see it growing all of a sudden you you step on one of these and it, you're just talking about this and all of a sudden it like it just went out of control because of this and you're like how did I go how do we go from here to there in like one fell swoop guarantee you it's unresolved anger guarantee you it's unresolved relationship issue guaranteed Something there, something there. Turn with me to um to uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen. <clears throat> this verse, in my mind, w- was so powerful for me. Um, uh, when I thought about my own life and just certainly the, li- this, the life of this body. me why I read fifteen?
2: Bubble and by many
0: Okay, coming up short of the grace of God is is um. It's choosing to not forgive as you've been forgiven. Choosing not to forgive as, as you've been and And what will that cause according to verse um, 15? He says, it's going to cause a root of bitterness that's going to spring up and cause trouble. The point here is that it'll, it'll cause trouble when you least expect it. And last but not least, it says, and by it many, are, many will be defiled. I, I take that seriously. I mean, you think that, that, that this unresolved anger in your life is a private matter, first of all, it's affecting you. Okay. Second of all, it's a foothold for the devil. We just saw that, right? Why is it a foothold for the devil? Give me feedback on that. Talk to me. Why is it a foothold for the devil? Well, what's this root of bitterness going to do? Pardon me? It's going to grow. Yeah, it's going to grow. It doesn't just go away. Remember, Unresolved anger does not go away. It just goes underground. And it just it continues to grow.
1: It's like opposite of what a person would more bitter
0: person. Absolutely. And and what's it going to do here on the scale? Death, 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 death. Okay? And and on top of that, what what what's going to happen between you and that person, your relationship's shot. Just continue to be shocked. Now, they may not even know there's a problem. <laughs> That's the craziest thing. They may not even really know that there's a problem. I've been on both ends of that spectrum. And if I knew, it was like, let's get it out. Let's deal with this. Let's get on, get on with it. But no, unresolved anger, and a person who, who 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 responds to that naturally will hold it tightly, and and they'll exercise it internally. And it's that exercising internally that causes... Really, physiological symptoms many times in a life, but even beyond that, it's going to come out in ways that you never thought were, you know, never thought could exist um, at a later date. So, this root of bitterness is going to affect not only yourself; it's going to affect your relationship with that person. But according to this verse, it's going to affect the body. It's going to affect. There's going to halo effect around roots of bitterness in lives, and it's going to absolutely affect. The body and and your family and those around it you may not understand that, but it's going to, and so, and so just understand that how how insidious it is as a door, a door a doorway of demons in your life. So how do you how do you how do you what should you do?
2: You stuff butter. Yeah. yeah. So you just that churning and you bring yeah. it. It doesn't get softer more pliable. I mean, it gets harder yeah. and less easy to manage. Yeah. And you just yeah. stop turning. As far as you know, who wants to find it. It's out a friend. Yeah. Because that bitterness. looking For somebody to, to resonate with. Come alongside yeah. and say, "Yeah, you're right." Yeah. yeah. Because if you ever done that, you yeah. ever. You know, we all were kids, and yeah. some kid did something wrong to us, and we're our girlfriends, and find that girlfriend. Yeah. That will come come
1: alongside us and say yeah, right. <laughs> and you just got to find that little group. Yep. It just keeps Growing.
0: alive. It keeps. It alive. And when it goes to that level, you can absolutely see how in a body of Christ or within the family itself can really start to set. You know, according to James, you know, chapter two is many things and one many things on fire. You know, yeah. and verse hey, yeah, three.
1: I
2: mean, acting like this. I always see that person's going through. No, oh, if they go home, yeah. they
0: them, Not allow yourself to do. Not allow yourself to carry. It, it does hurt you. Absolutely. I mean, hurt you. But most importantly, it's 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 uh, it's it's uh, blowing your, your into man. I mean, that's that's what's going to you. happen. You're exactly. In so, wow. how, how do you respond rightly? You have to respond by doing what the scriptures say to do, which is what to to acknowledge your role in this, right? And to go to that person and and try to exercise it with them and, and literally say, you know, I've been wrong. You know, it's not about saying I'm sorry. What does my what does saying I'm sorry mean? Is that a biblical? It could mean anything, right? Right. But, but 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 the biblical response is, you know, I was wrong. I sinned against you. Will you forgive me? And and God, yeah. So th- that's the biblical la- uh, language
2: mm-hmm.
0: of, of, of... Verse
2: 15. It, I mean, am I reading it rightly? It's like C2 at you, Connie, <laughs> that you don't allow someone to come short of God's grace. Is that like what we you and I had talked about? Yeah. Positionally, Absolutely. I am there to offer... Yeah. to whatever the circumstance. Is that what, yep. what that saying, Absolutely. That like? And it goes back
0: to fourteen, which is pursue right. peace with all men, all women. You know, it's so, like right.
2: my heart should be to additionally offering Yes. In a given I would love the definition God's riches at Christ. They might not deserve it. Yep. They might be exactly but be, they exactly. be right there. Yep. Okay. Right.
0: Absolutely. And and it's interesting too that um, uh, peace comes from not having these roots of bitterness in our life, fourteen and fifteen. See that, and so. Um, so, this
2: is a great lesson on forgiveness and a lot of this offering grace. Absolutely. I mean, of my, my absolutely, goodness. and, 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 and that,
0: yeah, right. which so is I the which no is blood the blood verse to to we were looking at. Be kind, tender you, you think
2: it's like no it's not like that it's grace
0: has been given and and remember what christ said you know when he he talked about the woman who um, mary who kept you know pouring all this perfume on mm-hmm. on meat, right he said you know i mean but you know that that she's been forgiven much you know and she's gonna love most i think those who love most are those who have really experientially You know, been forgiven and experienced that life that is life abundant. And uh, the point here in verse 14 is that, and the sanctification without which no one will see the Lord. I I do believe that that's talking about the future. Um, But I think it's far more...